What's up, everybody? Chris and Dan, we're here back on the Pens blog with another episode of Chris and Dan, uh, the Chris and Dan podcast, uh, our eighth episode here uh, of the season, and <clears throat> quite a few things to talk about this week. But first, I have to say, hi, Dan. How are you? I'm great, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Uh, episode eight, feeling pretty great, there it I is. think. There it is. Um, you know, just 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 a wonderful time to be. Alive. Alive. Let, yeah. let, uh, let me ask you, how are, how are you? You always uh, throw it to me first, but uh, you know, how are you since we spoke last? I'm good. Um, if people that are listening <clears throat> only listen, listen to us here on the Pens blog, um, then they don't know that me and Dan actually speak twice a week when we podcast, so it hasn't been that long. That's true. I also saw you over the weekend, um, so it's been like two full days since we've spoken, but I appreciate you asking, and I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I have. Uh, I'm in grad school, and I have. Um, it's it's the full on crunch for finals right now. So. Oh, that's uh, right. A little bit of stress, but the Penguins games actually give me a nice little uh, study break from time to time, and I'm going to be at the game on Thursday night, so that'll be nice. I can not Ooh. have to focus on on school and uh, taking a little hockey. Will you be going as R2-D2? Oh, is that the Star Wars night? It is. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't have anything against Star Wars, but beep, I just... Beep, boop, boop, beep, beep, boop. <laughs> I don't have anything against Star Wars. I just don't understand the uh, connection and, and, and dressing up. It's not... Um, I'm just not that big of a fan. Like, I'm yeah. a fa- I, I like the movies, but I'm not a big enough fan to dress up now. I'm with you there. I'm 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 with you all the way. I guess the, mo- the the new movie's coming out soon. It seems to be a theme across multiple sports. The Star Wars theme nights because it gets a lot of people to dress up and sometimes do goofier things. And someone's going to be there, right? Some guy's going to be there. I, the guy that the, played C-3PO. C-3PO is going to be there, right? So that's a that's a big deal. So you know the Penguins don't need the bobbleheads anymore. Although some may say that they would based on the attendance lately. We'll get into that another time, but. Um, yeah, that should be that should be a fun little evening. I, I can't wait to hear about that next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I uh, I don't think I've been to a game yet this year. Um, and as a once long time season ticket holder, uh, it that just feels wrong. So it'll be good. But um, I appreciate you asking, Dan. I'm doing of course I'm doing just fine. Uh, we have a lot to talk about <clears throat> as always uh, in this episode. Last episode, we focused a lot on trades, trade rumors, possibilities to alter the roster in some way, shape, or form because the uh, idea of trading Ian Cole just a week ago was a pretty hot topic. Um, Fast forward to now, Ian Cole's back in the lineup, has played a few games in a row, uh, and those kind of whispers about a trade have died down. Uh, So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Matt Murray, I think he w- was his injury right before we recorded last, or was it right after we recorded? 
It might have been right after. Okay. I want to say I think we were we were just discussing. I think it was that. I think it was the game uh, the day before we recorded, and uh, we were discussing what what was going to happen moving forward. Right. So uh, since then, Tristan Jari has played every game in goal for the Penguins, and so now we can kind of look at a, a larger body of work from him. Talk about uh, his performances so far. So that's on the agenda. Uh, just today, we record on Wednesday evenings. Just today, Greg McKegg was placed on waivers. Uh, which gives the Pens a number of options uh, on the roster. We'll talk about that. And uh, Justin Schultz, unfortunately, got a little banged up on Tuesday night, um, which also may cause uh, some some lineup roster uh, movement. So a lot of kind of just little ins and outs of the team uh, and what's going on. And we can obviously touch on um, the play over the last week as well in the games that the Penguins have played. So all that's coming your way in this episode. Uh, quickly, before we get into all of it, uh, as always, we like to remind you that you can find our episodes on thepensblog.com every week. Uh, you can also get our episodes delivered to your device, your computer, whatever you like to listen to podcasts on uh, if you look up the Pens blog on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud uh, and hit subscribe, the minute we upload these episodes, then you'll get it delivered right to your device. Uh, additionally, Dan is on Twitter at SteelCityDan22, and I am on Twitter at Chris underscore Gates, so you can follow us. Uh, we're normally tweeting about the Penguins and whatever else is going on uh, in this town as far as sports go. Uh, that's throughout the week. So, uh, lots, lots on the docket, Dan. Uh, was there anywhere specifically you'd like to start? Yeah, let's talk about uh, Tristan Jari. I think is a good place to start uh, with things. At least start on a positive. I know there's a lot of other topics to get to, but uh, I think that's the the hottest, at least the hottest topic mm-hmm. uh, at hand in the moment that we are right now. Uh, getting to see him play twice against the Buffalo Sabres over the weekend in the back-to-back. And then uh, just a a night ago from where we sit here, uh, you and I, Chris, but Tuesday night against the New York Rangers at home, looking phenomenal against Buffalo. Maybe a little bit surprised. I don't know if you were. We talked about it uh, in projecting out what was going to happen with Matt Murray out of the lineup, realizing that the Buffalo home-and-home last week was the only back-to-back situation that the Penguins going to, are going to face regarding the backup goaltender situation. And yeah. would Casey DeSmith get the start? I think you and I both kind of thought that maybe that would be the case, and then maybe that would be the only time that you'd have to use them, and then Tristan Jari can fill the gaps the rest of the, the rest of the way. Were you surprised at all to see Jari get the back-to-back starts against Buffalo? Yeah, I was. I thought it just seemed like a, it seemed like a perfect situation to put Casey DeSmith in there and get both of your goaltenders work just because Buffalo is so damn bad. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I I suppose that it ended up being a nice little case study uh, as far as Tristan Jari and back-to-back games uh, goes, you know, you got to see that's also something you haven't seen. Um, You haven't seen Casey DeSmith start and or play an entire game. Well, you haven't seen Tristan Jari go back to back and, um, Maybe that workload for him of going in back-to-back games is more important than getting Casey DeSmith time um, because in the long run, as far as this season goes, Tristan Jari is a guy you're going to be relying on more than Casey DeSmith 
if all goes well. Now, goaltending has not all gone well so far this year, so I keep my fingers crossed. But mm-hmm. um, it wasn't what I expected. It wasn't what I think I would have done. But I'm dumber than Mike Sullivan, that is for sure. And <laughs> uh, it ended up working out pretty well. Yeah, I'd say I, I was probably just as surprised as you would, especially after the performance Friday night. That maybe even if that was the plan, that they could that they would alter it, saying, "Hey, listen, we you know we took it to Buffalo pretty handily Friday in Buffalo. Uh, coming back home, let's you know we can put Casey DeSmith in there and still you know play as well as we did in front of him and still be able to come away with the victory. So for for him to make that decision was uh, yeah maybe a little bit of a gutsy one, but one that clearly clearly paid off where. Uh, Jari makes all but one save in 120 minutes of hockey. Uh, the Sabres had uh, 34 shots Friday, 33 shots Saturday. Um, the, the team as a, as a whole looked fantastic, but uh, Jari, Jari looked really good in those games. But you're right, Buffalo just really bad. And you, you think it could have been an opportunity to get Casey DeSmith a little bit more time uh, to give Jari the break. But it's not like Tristan Jari needs the break. You know, he's a, he's a young guy. They want to play him and. You know, this maybe this is the ultimate test for him. You know, maybe this is something that Jim Rutherford had a saying as well, saying, listen, we need to know if Jari is good enough to be the backup moving forward. You know, do we need to make a move to go out, find someone on the waiver wire, or make a trade for a veteran backup goaltender like we thought we had coming into the season and maybe push him a little bit, maybe push him to the limit. And maybe you thought you could. Maybe that was also part of the argument. Maybe you thought you could do that against the Buffalo team where Jari can be great Friday. He doesn't have to be as superior Saturday and the team should still be able to handle it. So uh, it's a, you know, it's a heavier workload when you got to go back to back in those situations, but you had a couple of days off uh, prior to a couple of days off uh, until the next game. So kind of a, a, an okay situation to be in, but yeah, clearly, clearly paid off, and he was fantastic in both of those uh, both of those games against Buffalo. Yeah, he was good. Uh, the team looked good, and I'm actually curious what how much you took away from those games because I kind of struggled to figure out what I could realistically take from those games, considering how bad Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo is just a really, really bad hockey team. It's it's shocking how how actually how bad they are because it's not like they don't have you know some some pieces um 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 you know it's they they certainly don't match up with the penguins line for line but they have some guys that um have have at least a <laughs> a decent level of talent and for them to be that bad it's it's pretty amazing they got beat 9 to 1 in two games against the penguins how much were you able to take from from those two games? Because so the, at, after those two games, that was a season long four game win streak for the Penguins, uh, mm-hmm. and everybody seemed pretty pretty on top of the world. Yeah, it was. How can you piece together the the two wins prior to the two wins versus Buffalo? And you know, like you said, that's that's a very fair question of of what to take away from from that game. Um, or those two games. And yeah, I kind of took it a little bit with a grain of, a grain of salt. It was uh, good to see some, some, I think there was some positives to take away from it, but you have to understand the competition that you face in front of you. And, you know, even though it was nice to get on a bit of a, a win streak, the four game win streak that you mentioned, especially coming off the win against the uh, Flyers and a big win against the Lightning Thanksgiving weekend after a, a little bit of a skid there. 
uh, that maybe things are starting, finally starting to turn around. This team's finally starting to get healthy, getting Evgeny Malkin back, uh, and even just waiting for Matt Murray to get back. So, yeah, I, I kind of I didn't look too much into it. I didn't look too much into it. it. It gave me some confidence coming into the game Tuesday night against the Rangers, but realizing, and you do, you know, they had to stop practicing Buffalo uh, after those games because they were practicing poorly. And uh, Phil Housley, I guess, you know, just lost it on the team. Uh, that they just haven't been able to to manage to to get it together. So knowing all that, it's great and it's fun to see those type of games. It's nice to be able to have a relaxing game or two every once in a while. But you know, at the same time, you got to understand if they didn't play that well against that team, you have a much bigger problem on your hands. So it was nice to just be able to take care of business as they should. Something the Steelers could take note from, by the way. But, you know, <laughs> you know, even though there's been some issues so far this year, nice to be able to take care of business when and where it's necessary. Yeah, I kind of, you know, looked at it the same. The, the Penguins did what they were supposed to do to a pretty bad hockey team. And, you know, we haven't had a lot. We haven't had consistent extended stretches of play. And I'm, I don't mean like within a game. I mean like game to game to game mm-hmm. of the Penguins looking like the same hockey team. And they, and they did in those two games. Uh, they, you know, were consistently good throughout. And that was, uh, that was good to see. So um, unfortunately, it, it didn't result in another win on Tuesday night against the Rangers. Uh, although I might argue that while the penguins had their flaws in that game on Tuesday i thought that they um they still did some things pretty well it was a game that i thought the penguins really controlled uh the puck a lot they had a lot of offensive zone time especially in the third period and uh you know that they they <laughs> they looked like themselves um which goes along with the fact that they turned the puck over and uh, they put themselves in some bad positions. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, you, 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 they did what they were supposed to against Buffalo, came back and uh, got a little bit unlucky, got a little bit out of that groove against the Rangers, I suppose. Yeah, and I don't want to put – it's hard to put most of that blame on Tristan Jari. I don't think you can. I think as a team, you know, the Rangers have turned around. They, they really have because they were really, really bad to start the year. But so they've, they've found a way to turn some things around. Chris Kreider, Chris Kreider's playing really well. Uh, but the the team, it was it was strong and sloppy. And sloppy in a sense where the Rangers, I think it was clear to anybody that watched the game, that way too many odd man rushes going the other way. And that's difficult to do and to leave your young goaltender in those type of opportunities too many times yeah. because they're going to score uh, you know, a, a, a team with that much talent is going to score more often than not when you give them that type of opportunities. Uh, the Zuccarello goal was was weak. He did let that one slip uh, slip between his pads there and his legs and kind of kick in behind the net. That one wasn't great. Uh, the other ones were tough. The other one that went off a tang stick. Um, you know, there's that's that's really no faulting him there. So, you know, there were a little bit more uh, things to point out that weren't that weren't great for Tristan Jari at least so far. On that night, but again, that's not a not a thing. Something that I could p- point a whole lot of blame towards, uh, you know, him in that in that in that loss. Um, you know, especially because of the situations that he was uh, put in. Like I said, kind of regarding the the play of the Penguins, and it was even um, more frustrating that you found out that uh, 
uh, Henrik Lundqvist was not going to play in this game. Uh, and and he, had a, he had an opportunity to face a goaltender who was ab- been absolute garbage so far this season. Uh, although the Penguins have the seem, seem to have Henrik Lundqvist's number over the last couple of years. So you'd almost rather have faced him. But, you know, unfortunately, like you said, it didn't, uh, it didn't result in a positive victory. Yeah, didn't they say it was it's Pav- Pavlik? Is that who? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't they say on the broadcast he's he's uh, O of seven lifetime in uh, in Pittsburgh going into yeah. Tuesday night? Mm-hmm. He was, <laughs> and the Penguins hit four posts, and he generally looked like he was fighting the puck the entire night too. I mean, he had one, you know, relatively routine wrist shot coming at him, and he tried to glove it. And he missed it, and it hit. He it hit him in the face, square in, the, mm-hmm. in between the eyes. Like, yeah, he did not look good. There was just you know some weird bounces didn't go the Penguins' way. And like you said, I, yeah, I thought they kind of got a little too got a little overconfident uh, with the puck at times, and and it led to some of those odd man rushes. But, um, you know, uh, an unlucky bounce there at the end, or else the Penguins probably would have gotten at least a point out of that game. So, mm-hmm. um, is what it is. And then I believe it's the Islanders on Thursday. Is that correct? That is correct. Islanders Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, looking for hopefully a, a, a rebound performance, a little more of a uh, responsible performance uh, in that game. And I think it's safe to say that that could be the case but yeah to to close out the jari thing i agree with you i didn't think tuesday against the rangers was uh, you know it's tough to pin it on him uh he i that that one from zuccarello was weak like you said but generally speaking you know a goalie's going to let one in like that from time to time um so to just evaluate his body of work to this point it's hard to not be impressed to to be quite honest with you and um, it's still a small sample size, but you know, if, if 2.3 goals against and a 9.26 save percentage, those numbers are probably going to, um, regress to the norm a little bit, but you know, if this is a reflection of the type of goaltender, the Penguins are going to have, uh, as their backup, that makes me feel a whole hell of a lot more comfortable, uh, considering just. Two months ago, Antti Niemi was giving up, you know, seven goals or whatever it was to Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, it gives me the same type of confidence. You're right. It's been a small sample size. There's still plenty left to evaluate before Jim Rutherford and Mike Sullivan can confidently make that decision and say, okay, tr- we can we can have Tristan Jari be the guy. And if Matt Murray goes down in an emergency situation – Especially as later in the season gets, that's when you get more and more nervous. When you got to be playing, get ready for playoff hockey in a couple of months from now, you got to have confidence in your backup goaltender who can go in there and start night in and night out and give you a a good enough chance to win. And so far, that's been the case with him in just a few short games. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see him against some tougher opponents. You're looking up at the Islanders. You're looking up at the Maple Leafs, who you've got coming up this week as well so those are two teams again that you're looking up of up at in the standings and uh, you know a little bit higher level of competition for Tristan Jari to face I'll be very curious and uh, excited to see how he uh how he fares against that level of competition but uh, so far again from what I've seen I've I've had more confidence than not uh, that he can be a guy that may be ready now we thought maybe it would be another year or two before he'd be ready to be a little bit more you know uh as a backup role even at the NHL level, but uh, it may be his time already 
based on just a couple of games, I know we don't want to make that judgment yet, but uh, so far, so good. I can at least say that. Yeah, and I remember earlier in the season asking for just like Jeff Zatkoff level production from a backup. You did, yes. A Zatkoffian backup, if you will. <laughs> and we're certainly getting something that is above that that level. Um, so that yeah, that's good to see. Um, all right, what uh, what would you like to jump to next? Uh, let's. Let's go since the other stuff's kind of uh, looking forward. I think in the uh, in a in a sense, this other topic is almost looking backwards. Let's go to the Ian Cole topic, where, mm-hmm. like you said, to start off the show, it was it was a big topic of ours last week, as was everywhere in Pittsburgh uh, about the you know healthy scratches of Ian Cole, and a lot of people reporting it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It could happen any any hour at one point. It was any hour of a particular day where it was likely to happen. And here we are, a week later, he's played in every game since we last spoke regarding this trade, and now you have a potential, another injury at defense, you know, putting that into perspective with things, but I've heard nothing of the sort where anything is anything has been reported or rumored or anything about Ian Cole on the trading block anymore or actively being traded uh jim rutherford didn't exactly come out and completely deny it you know when he spoke last week but he said he's not going to be traded to be traded and you know it hasn't been the reason regarding the healthy scratch wasn't uh necessarily something uh negative going on but uh, they wanted to help him clean up his game a little bit and they thought that's what it was and it just ballooned into this big trade talk and yeah here we are Nothing to be said of that now. What do you make of all that? Um, I I, I really don't know. Like, <laughs> right? It's it's definitely an awkward situation. Um, mm-hmm. and if nothing changes and Ian Cole is here for the, I mean, I think at this point, it's clear that Ian Cole is not going to be here past this year. We're wondering now if Ian Cole is going to be here, um, you know, past the trade deadline or past, you know, uh, Christmas. Mm-hmm. And and it's that that there's a ton of gray area. I, you know, I'm always a little bit hesitant when there are reports about this and that and the other thing going to go on because specifically Jim Rutherford, and we've mentioned this before, he he likes to float stuff out there in the media all the time and it's not all a lot of it is often not the case he'll say uh you know we're not looking for a trade at this time the next week he'll make a trade or the vice versa um i do know one thing i can take away from this is that ian cold was not happy in interviews he was not happy about being scratched and he talked can't rather candidly about the fact that um, trade talks were going on or may have been going on or something like that, you know, and talking about his agent and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I, it's, it's definitely, it's just, it's just awkward. Um, I'm happy he's back in the lineup. I'm happy they're at least putting him back out there. Uh, coincidentally, he's returned from being scratched and he's looked pretty damn good in my opinion. Um, so moving forward, I don't, you know, it's what do you make of it? What do you make of it moving forward? I have no idea. I, I really don't. I, I, I think 
the Penguins could be well served by keeping him. And I think potentially, depending on the need and depending on what's out there, Ian Cole could be a pretty nice, you know, trade chip to dangle out there. Uh, when it's going to happen, that's anybody's guess. Yeah, that's it's a it's a good point, and it, it is awkward and it's unfortunate because this is not like the last time Ian Cole was a healthy scratch a year or two ago, a season or two ago, where it, you know he wasn't playing all that great, and they thought it was a you know a chance for him to get his head cleared mentally and work on some things, and it worked out for the positive because he helped lift the Penguins to a Stanley Cup that year. He was phenomenal once he returned. Uh, yeah, he's been really good ever since he's been back. I thought he's been logging some decent ice time, getting back to blocking shots, uh, you know, taking some shots on goal, being a little aggressive with the puck offensively, uh, and hasn't really been a liability as I didn't think he was leading up to these healthy scratch moments. And like I said, especially now, if Justin Schultz is out more than a game, you know, imagine another guy goes down. Imagine Chad Ruedel goes down, and then you don't imagine Jeff Ian Cole was traded last week. You know, are you, how much are you relying on Frankie Corrado to be, you know, a depth depth defenseman? That's what I'm not comfortable with. I'm really, I'm really not. But it, it is. It's unfortunate and awkward for him. I can only imagine. But that's what's so different about this this time compared to last time. That you know, maybe it was something where you know, it's just maybe that's something. Sometimes these players need, and a guy like Ian Cole, even though um, you know brings a lot to the table, needs to sit a couple of games if that's what the coaching staff thinks is going to be best for him. And then he can prove improve on that. But when the trade talk ballooned to the size that it did last week, uh, yeah, he wasn't happy and he wasn't exactly holding his tongue back on anything like that. So you just sit back and wonder now. We don't we haven't heard anything. We don't know anything. What's going on inside the locker room? His relationship, what it's like with management, what it's like with the coaching staff, uh, what that's going to be like moving forward. You're right. It seems that regardless, you know, this will be Ian Cole's last year in a Penguin sweater, but. Whether or not that trade is still a possibility, um, and if it happens sooner rather than later, we we know Jimmy Rutherford likes to make trades in December, and and here we are. Uh, you know where is he looking for the most improvement? I think they're still looking at depth scoring, but uh, you know is how big of a how big of a value piece is Ian Cole for for other teams? I think that he would bring a lot of value. Honestly, I do, and that there'd be a you know more than enough teams out there willing to pick up the phone and ask about Ian Cole, but maybe Jim Rutherford's going to wait, wait and let it play out a little bit more. Um, or just again, really think about where you are in terms of your, your depth defense. You need, you need your scoring from your bottom six right now. Uh, but your depth defense, if one guy goes down, then yeah, then, then guys like Frankie Corrado and, and you know, I'm, I don't mean to be picking on him. He's just, you know, the guy that's played recently, uh, for the Penguins in terms of a depth it's defense. It's kind of easy to pick on a guy named Frankie, too. It is, <laughs> to be fair. But, you know, this team's trying to win another Stanley Cup, and I don't know if that's a guy that you can confidently have playing every single night. This team has to have seven or eight, you know, NHL-ready defensemen to be playing at any moment just because of the nature of the way that the season goes and the Penguins know that better, know better than anybody else. So it's a struggle to balance of what's most important right now and what you would ultimately lose with Ian Cole. Well, think about last year, the uh, next two guys off the bench were um, Chad Ruedel and Mark Streit. I mean, so you had guys that you were confident in being able to put in there and they did that uh, at times because of injuries or because of necessity. Um, 
So you, that's a great point. I mean, if Frankie Corrado is probably, well, he's definitely not uh, to that caliber of seventh D man. So it's important to think about that. And I'm sure the Penguins are, but it's important to think about how valuable those chips are um, and, and figure out the best way to piece all this together. I, I would agree that if I am weighing one thing over the other, if I'm weighing quality seventh D man over in the lineup every night depth scorer, I'm going in the lineup every night depth scorer. Uh, you have to play the percentages there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean that that's that's the risk you take if you're say if you're trading Ian Cole for a more legitimate third line center or something like that. Um, you put yourself in a in a position that 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 you may not be so happy about. Um, then again, you could always make multiple trades and continue to confuse the hell out of us. That's true. Uh, yeah, because we definitely saw that at the trade deadline last year, including a guy like Mike Mark Streit, who you mentioned there. But yeah, maybe the Penguins know, this... could utilize like I don't know the Florida Panthers to make a trade with Philadelphia again. <laughs> I mean, they're probably not going to be able to utilize Tampa this year because Tampa is going to be in the playoffs. So that's true. Find another team in Florida and just, you know, use them as your, as your uh, middleman. Yeah. Find somebody else at the bottom to, to, to do some of your dirty work to get the guy that you want instead of, uh, you know, directly making a trade with the Philadelphia Flyers. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know how long this, this drags on. I don't. Uh, I don't know if it can go much longer. Again, because we haven't heard much doesn't mean that there's nothing going on. It can still be an awkward and uncomfortable situation. You know, is Ian Cole, uh, you know, mentally committed to this team for the rest of the year? That's a a question that we don't know. You think he would, and, you know, he is to his teammates, obviously, but in terms of what, you know, has happened with management and potentially the coaching staff, it's no doubt an uncomfortable position for him to be in. So, uh, you know, I hope it, uh, it whatever it is, is, is best for, for both sides. I'd, again, I'd still hate to see him go because I don't want to just because we haven't heard anything doesn't mean nothing is going on. It just might be not quite the time frame that everybody thought. So, uh, again, I think he's really valuable right now, especially if a, if a D-man goes down like Schultz uh, recently did. Um, I, you know, I like Chad Ruedel, but that's really it when you're done when you're in terms of your uh, depth defenseman so it'll be again something i guess we just uh continue to monitor but i thought you know his play in his three games back has been uh really good so far and i look forward to you know continuing to watch him to see if that continues to to blossom like it did the last time he, you know he sat for a couple of games as healthy scratch if you had to choose between one of these two players to be your seventh e man who would it be frankie corrado or Derek pouliot <laughs> Well, Derek Pouliot just scored a second goal of the season last night. Oh, the Vancouver a, Canucks. Another feather in his cap. So how about that? Um, yeah, it would still be Frankie Corrado. Would it? Yeah, so, yeah, I think it would. I don't know that yeah, I have an answer to that question. I mean, I asked it, I don't but like, I don't know yeah. that I have an answer to it. Yeah, I don't I don't like the answer necessarily <laughs> either way. Um, just the Derek Pouliot experiment was just so long, and it never blossomed in anything. I go. It's like it's like the one of those NCAA tournament things, though. It's like if you strip the names from the players like if Derek Pulliat didn't come with all that hype and everything that was supposed to live up to mm-hmm. and just evaluate him as that as a, as a regular as a depth defenseman how would he compare to Frankie Corrado that might be something that uh, you'd like to do but unfortunately <clears throat> we don't have that luxury no the optics 
are what they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's continue looking forward here. Uh, like we mentioned at the top, Greg McKegg was placed on waivers on Wednesday. I believe he cleared. Do we know? Do we have I believe he that? did. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll try to confirm. I'm pretty sure he did, though. I didn't hear anything otherwise. Yeah, I'll do a I'll do a Twitter search here, but um, it gives the Penguins options. So I, I my my logic tells me this means the Penguins clearly like Carter Rowney as a fourth line center over Greg McKegg, which hey, I can't argue too much about that. Um, right. And then Riley Sheehan is your third line center. And obviously, you know, who's centering the first and second line. So um, is it as simple as that? I think so. Um, you know, McKaig's not has not been playing since Rowney's returned. And, you know, yeah, I think I, I'm with you there where you go Rowney over over any of those guys. You have uh, Josh Archibald on his conditioning assignment um, that he's close to you know, to potentially, you know, being an option to come back. They said it wasn't because of McKegg's play or anything like that. It's just like you mentioned there to have the the sort of flexibility to, to, to bring up different guys. So, you know, I get that. But, um, yeah, I favor I favor Rowney over McKegg. I thought McKegg had a good start to the season. He kind of um, maybe peaked. And, you know, what you know, it's like, well, what you know, what all can he bring to the table? And I think... Uh, in my opinion, that uh, Josh Archibald as a depth winger can bring a little bit more than the table than Greg McKaig, uh has. McKaig has great speed, but I think Archibald can be a little bit more dynamic of a playmaker uh, and, and potentially, again, given Jim Rutherford the, the flexibility to, to bring him back up. So, uh, you know, I, I do. I, I believe it's more of a, a flexibility option, and it, this helps McKaig. McKaig, he's gonna, he's, he's, it's a guy who's, who wants to keep playing and needs to keep playing. Being a healthy scratch every night isn't going to help his development anymore. So I do kind of see it as a, you know, as a move uh, both to help McKeg out and to give uh, the Penguins some options as to, to bring somebody up in case they need, they, they got to figure out this bottom six scoring problem. And uh, you know, if, if they find the right, uh, the right game, right time to make a move, maybe they bench Ryan Reeves for a game, whatever, whatever they think is going to be necessary that uh, it gives them some more options this way. <clears throat> um, yeah. I, you know, Greg McKeg was a preseason training camp, darling, and uh, I I understand what the intrigue was about. He's fast, um, and when you have speed, there's a lot of things that you can do um, to fit in in the Penguin system and on this roster. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just I'm not even. I, I, I he, Greg McKeg made me a bigger Carter Rowney fan than I ever was. Okay, that's fair. Because uh, I, I actually, like, going into the season was not a huge fan of Carter Rowney on the fourth line as your center. And seeing seeing Carter Rowney leave the lineup and then Greg McKegg try and play that fourth line center role made me really, really miss Carter Rowney. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a tough, tough, uh, you know, transition from like you said camp was uh was was great for McKeg in the you know first couple of games into the season but he never really uh let up you know let up to that role we talked about what Matt Cullen did and you know can you find a guy that can have Matt Cullen type numbers and you know we thought Carter Rowney could maybe Greg McKeg could help to that 
a little bit, uh, but still haven't found that magical touch, you know, of what uh, what Kali was able to bring. Uh, and again, I think they give Archibald a shot uh, every now and again if they can't uh, get some more consistent scoring. Fortunately, over the last couple of games they've had, they scored four, uh, you know, five, four, and four goals over the last couple of games. So you haven't needed it as much, but it gives you that flexibility. Um, I have, yeah, it seems that McKay hasn't been uh, claimed by anybody at this point that we're speaking. So uh, you know, he finds his way back down there to uh, to Wilkes and 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 play a little bit there. So. Yeah, I think the kind of honeymoon phase for uh, McCaig was over, but it's it's going to be better for him to get some more playing time uh, somewhere rather than being scratched every night. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, what else? Uh, we have Archibald on here. Do you want to talk a little bit about Josh Archibald? I mean, a, a conditioning assignment and eligible to be called back up? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking that um... – it gives you, it gives them that option to to call him back up. It's a guy that they've liked, uh, hasn't seen a ton of NHL minutes, but it's a guy that they've well, relied been, on in the past. Yeah, he's been good in the minutes they've they've given him, and uh, the it just I I don't understand why he wouldn't get more time. I, He's fast. He creates things. He's quick on the forecheck. I just I don't understand why they can't find a way to get him in the lineup every so often. Yeah, I think they I think they should. I think they really need to be looking at those type of things again. Like I like I just mentioned with you haven't needed a lot of bottom six scoring over the past couple of games. The offense has been clicking. Evgeny Malkin back. Uh, that line with Gensel, Malkin, and Kessel has been phenomenal and so fun to watch. And Sidney Crosby is uh, you know if there was any doubt. Uh, you know, he wasn't playing uh, great hockey just because he wasn't getting the goal numbers that, you know, he's clearly proven that wrong. So I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think there's other times and other ways to get uh, Archibald in the lineup, even if, it, you know, a game here, a game there, just to try something different. And so the, so that the kid can play, you you want him to play. He's not going to get any better being he a healthy scratch. He just wants to play. Just wants to play, man. Um, you know, the amount of minutes that you're giving a guy, uh, you know, I like what Ryan Reeves can do. I do in certain situations, but he played six minutes against the Rangers. Don't tell me that you know putting Josh Archibald in the lineup for a game or two for six minutes. You know that would at least give him something and give you something to 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 look forward to seeing him. Um, you know, again, I think there are certain instances and situations where you want a guy like uh, Ryan Reeves in the lineup, but. You know, with some of these opponents that are coming up, I think it would be a perfect and ideal time to, you know, maybe get Archibald in the lineup for a game or two just to see if, uh, you know, he can provide a spark for you somewhere. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm not I'm not optimistic about it, but I hope it happens. Right. I'm with you there. Not optimistic, but hopeful. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then the last thing we have here is uh, Justin Schultz and his injury that occurred on Tuesday night. Uh, not a good looking play where I believe it was Oli Mata who ended up falling into the side of Justin Schultz's leg, his knee kind of, um, it wasn't overly gruesome, but you could tell that his knee just kind of wrenched the way that it shouldn't. Uh, he left, I think that was that the first period. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think so. And then he missed the rest of the first period, came back, played a few shifts to start the second period, but then left again and did not return. So, um, I would take from it that since he was able to come back and give it a try, it's not a serious injury. That said, 
probably out for a game or two, maybe more. Yeah, that's what it at least seems to be at this point. You know, he missed practice completely Wednesday, uh, evaluated Wednesday morning. They didn't have results, uh, at least at the time that we're recording this here. But it sounds unlikely to at least play Thursday night. Mike Sullivan did not rule him out as of Wednesday, but he says it's not probable at this point. <clears throat> yeah, and understandably so for how that injury kind of looked. Um, you know, I thought they made um, a great analogy on the broadcast. That was kind of like an offensive lineman getting his leg rolled up on a little bit. Um, you know, I guess you have the the fortune of being on ice and then being able to slide a little bit more out of that rather than being stuck into the turf or into the ground or something like that. But it was just, yeah, an uncomfortable looking injury. Um, I, I hope it's only for a game or two. I think everybody is no, no shit, but um, <laughs> I think it showed Justin Schultz showed how valuable he is when he was out of the lineup earlier this year. Uh, you know, people have been criticizing Chris Letang's play. Um, you know, Olimata had a great start. He still had some really good play and really good games. Uh, but Justin Schultz has sh- showed his value more so when he's out of the lineup than when he's been in the lineup. And like I said, you've got teams coming up here in the Islander- Islanders and the Maple Leafs, at least in the next two, where you're uh, teams that you're looking up at in the standings that you need to have, uh, you need to be competitive against and you need to be able to try to sneak out a couple of wins here. So I really do hope it's not all that long because. You know, it was it, it was not the defense was a mess when he was out of the lineup last time for the number of games that he mixed. I li- missed. I like Chad Ruido. I do. I like the I like him as a, a depth defenseman. Um, you know, he's played uh, quite a bit already this year. But you know, for Justin Schultz to be the guy that's uh, taken out of the lineup is a tough one. Yeah, it is, and he's assumed that top uh, role on the power play as well. So mm-hmm. um, more than a few ways that he contributes. Uh, you know, in a big way. Uh, but, you know, like we've mentioned a few times in this episode, Chad Ruedel will go in. Um, I've been impressed with how he's played so far this year, so hopefully it's a short-term thing and um, get him back uh, in short order. But uh, nice to be able to put Ruedel in there, uh, and I think he'll do just fine. Yeah, he's a good guy to have at that depth position. Uh, he's been, you know, really good this year. I like the way he's he's played his game. Uh, you know, the defense still needing to, to get some chemistry together to figure some things out. And again, but again, I put a lot of it, it's, it's been a, been a theme this year about, you know, what the, what the forwards need to do defensively and respect that side of the ice. Because again, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, a lot of that had to do, you saw those odd man rushes from the Rangers uh, that they were put in place. You know, you got to be a little bit smarter with some of your passes and be a little bit more, uh, you know, in the right position, you know, positioning has been a big thing for me this year about being out of position and, and in the wrong place at the wrong time, that type of thing. So, uh, hopefully, uh, a shorter, shorter, uh, time absent for, for Justin Schultz, uh, as well for Matt Murray. We didn't get, we got a little bit of an update, um, who said, uh, Mike Sullivan said he's been making progress skating on his own. Um, that's the process he's been going through no equipment. Uh, then he'll get the full equipment and then he'll rejoin for practice. So, Again, we're still very early into his injury. Uh, got a couple more weeks, at least it seems. But um, at least the progress is where it should be at this point. At that point, and hopefully get uh, a bigger update um, next week because that'll be that'll be two weeks from the initial uh, diagnosis, and you know for a chance to get him back. Uh, potentially, there's a game against the first game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Speaking of injured goaltenders getting players back, Mark Andre Fleury getting back and closer for the Vegas Golden Knights. Boy, would it kind of, I know the games in Vegas 
next week. Um, and we'll talk more about that on our episode next week. But the game in Vegas next week, it would kind of suck if uh, Mark Andre Fleury wasn't available for that game. I think we, I think it's a game he's probably eyeing for sure that yeah. he would love to play in. Uh, but as we stand here at this point, Matt Murray and Mark Andre Fleury could both be out for that game, and that would be something <laughs> really strange, right? Yeah. Well, Matt Murray probably will. Um, hopefully, Fleury can. Yeah. Can get back for it, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. That. Um... That would be a bummer if, if Flurry couldn't play. But this week we have Islanders on Thursday, Toronto on Saturday, like Dan has mentioned, and then uh, Colorado on Monday. That wraps up this pretty extended stretch of hockey at home. Um, and then after that, the Penguins go back out on the road. So next week we'll uh, be able to talk about the Islanders, the Leafs, uh, the Avs, Tristan Jari, his performance. Um Hopefully Justin Schultz getting back in the lineup. We'll see uh, how that all plays out. But, uh, yeah, I kind of like these stretches where it's hockey every other night. That's fun. Yeah, that's a little bit more enjoyable for us as fans and I think as the team as well. This is where the schedule evens out a little bit more. There's a couple of days in between. You've got Colorado twice this this month as well. So you have some of those uh, teams that aren't quite as tough. But, uh, again, still a lot of them in there. Uh, that the Penguins have to be, you know, we talked about it, I think, a couple weeks ago, Chris, where you're as you get towards the end of the year here, you really need to start playing consistent hockey. It doesn't have to be your best, but you got to be a little bit more consistent. We saw that over the weekend, uh, you know, a little bit up and down Tuesday against the Rangers. So hopefully uh, a consistent, healthy lineup and some consistent play for this team to get back, uh, you know, back and closer to the top of the division. Yeah, yeah, and um, I don't know they've shown they've shown a few signs that uh, that they're kind of maybe developing some of that consistency. So uh, mm-hmm. hopefully that that continues. But uh, for sure, all right. Well, we will be back at it next week with you guys, and um, yeah, looking forward to it. So uh, you know, in the meantime, like we said at the beginning of the episode, make sure that. Uh, you check out pensblog.com. That's where all of our episodes, along with all the other game days and recaps and other blogs uh, throughout the week, are. Um, you can also get our episodes by subscribing uh, on Apple Podcasts or on SoundCloud. Um, also want to thank our sponsor, Rum Runners, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Rum Runners at 3385 Babcock. Uh, oh, I just lost the sponsor. Boulevard. Babcock Boulevard, Boulevard in uh, Pittsburgh's <laughs> Ross Township. Um, and uh, follow Dan on Twitter at SteelCityDan22. And I am on Twitter at Chris underscore Gates. Dan, um, good good, good game, Captain Duck. Good game, Captain Duck. Uh, same to you as well. Thank you. Uh, my friend, uh, great to be here on the Pens blog. Thanking them once again, as always, and to our new listeners and old listeners. Uh, always appreciate having you guys listen to us as well uh we'll take we'd love to hear any feedback from you guys anything you want us to uh talk about all that fun stuff uh hit us up yeah and uh we'll put that in the next the next episode but until then uh we thank you for listening and we will talk to yins later